This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcasts. We use Podbean to host Woken Free. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. Hi, it's Natasha. And Khalil. And we are the co-hosts of Woken Woke Free. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to our 231st episode of Woken Free. If you've been tuning in every week for Woken Free Wednesday, you know that Woken Free is all about being real and honest with each other and you. We talk about everything and anything important to us, you, the world, and nothing is off the table. This week, we are having such an important conversation, and it's about reducing homelessness with the Block Project. So if you want to know what all of that is, uh, we have a special guest who's going to be joining the episode to be able to share with you what the Block Project is all about and how you can support it. But before we dive deep into the subject, a couple of things to go over. First, have you downloaded the episode on WokenFree.com through the Podbean app? If not, please do so. That's how you put in your comments and you can join the conversation which is what we want every single Woken Free Wednesday. Now, if you catch podcasts on a device that you cannot download new apps on, that's okay. A couple of tears, but it's okay. Go to WokenFree.com, go to the Listen tab, and then pick your platform of choice where you're going to support us at. So you can follow and subscribe to the show on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify. It's a Woken Free world. We're everywhere. So just, you know, find us, subscribe, find Follow and keep it moving. Also on WokenFree.com, you can com- click subscribe to follow the show through the Podbean app. And on social, you'll easily find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Pinterest, and LinkedIn at Woken Free. And if you have 90 seconds, which you do, it's still COVID-19 out here in these streets. Please go to the Listen tab. Pick your platform of choice where you're going to follow and subscribe to the show at. So without further ado, for us to get into the conversation, you got to know who we're talking to. So let's share who our special guest is. Kevin is the executive director of the Seattle-based nonprofit Homelessness. He has worked with marginalized communities since the early 80s. And in that time, he's worked at Nativity House, a drop-in center for people experiencing homelessness. He co-founded the Tacoma Catholic Worker Community, coordinated prison and jail ministry for the Archdiocese of Seattle, and directed the St. Leo Food Connection, a large emergency feeding program. He lives in Tacoma, Washington with his wife of 30 years, Tara, a special education teacher working with preschoolers diagnosed with autism and his youngest son, a high school senior. So without further ado, check out our interview with the wonderful, the awesome Kevin from Facing Homelessness and The Block Project. All right. And then before we start the interview and get to know more about you and your project, what we do on Woken Free is we always ask a sort of personal question or give you a type of scenario and see how you would choose. Okay. So for this conversation, we're asking, would you rather discover a new island or a new civilization? 
I'd rather discover a new civilization because I think I'd learn a lot more than I would from an island. <laughs> awesome. Okay. I uh, actually concur with you as well. I think a new civilization would be really exciting and also like exhilarating and possibly terrifying. So why not? Yeah, yeah. it's either it can either be, they've got lots <laughs> yeah. of stuff to learn or I need to go run to the island after I, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully exactly. They're, they're better at stuff than we are. Yes. Okay. So that's interesting. I mean, I actually will go different. I'm going to go with the new island because if I discover that new island, I can like hopefully lay a claim to it and it can be my island and then mm. I can live there. I can kind of do some things that I want to. I know that I'll be under the rule of some bigger country, but hey, it's my island. That's kind of cool. The new civilization. I mean, I don't have any, I can't stake a claim in that. So hopefully yep. there, there's something interesting about them to me or else, I don't know, it wouldn't be <laughs> worth it. So I'm going to go with the new island okay. <laughs> for right. out of selfishness, really. <laughs> two out of one chooses the, the self, two out of three chooses the self civilization though. But, okay. yeah. All right. but I get the, yeah, I get the other point. Cause that's kind of cool too, to learn about the new yeah, civilization. An island and have to like, you know, build myself a house and that would not go well. Uh, yeah, right you got a there point. with you. Yeah. You yep. got a good point. That, <laughs> right there with you. I don't have survival skills. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, uh, I think we'd like to turn the gears and get right into the show, Kevin. So please explain for Broken Free Nation, what is the Block Project all about? Oh, thanks for having me, uh, yes. Natasha and Khalil and KJ yep. in the background. Yes. Um, <laughs> Block Project uh, is a program of facing homelessness uh, in Seattle. Mm. And just a little bit back, it says Facing Homelessness started when an architect started inviting people experiencing homelessness outside his office into his office to have conversations. And so our tagline's always been just say hello and to start with that. Um, And Mm. and interestingly, because I've only been with the organization since August, Mm -hmm. the the primary focus target group of the organization is not people experiencing homelessness as much as it is the rest of the community to help them begin to see those Mm -hmm. who are experiencing homelessness and then to enter into relationship and then to see where those changes will lead so Mm -hmm. the walk project grew out of a desire to try to respond on a community level to the reality that too many of our brothers and sisters are living on the streets in Seattle, like they yeah. are in other cities and towns across the country. Mm-hmm. And, and to literally trans, and it started to, um, apparently there's about 14,000 city blocks in the city of Seattle. Mm-hmm. And there were about that many people, according to a, a recent count at that time, who were experiencing homelessness. So they thought, you know, if we built one home, on every block in Seattle, we could provide housing for everyone. Now, of course, that's the fanciful dream that never happens. But it was also a chance to literally turn NIMBY, not in my backyard, to Uh yes, in my backyard. So Uh we we work with homeowners who have uh, reached out or or been contacted or found out about us somehow. Uh, And uh, if they have enough space in their backyard and we can fit it in with all the zoning, not, not so much zoning requirements, but, you know, land size and if there's a slope those kinds of things we build a 130 square foot block home in their backyard and you know it's uh if you think of the tiny homes which are popping up in different places those are much better than being on the street and uh, mm-hmm. or being in a tent but they're uh, the block homes are i would move into one tomorrow mm-hmm. they're 130 square feet so it's small but it's plumbed it's mm-hmm. got uh, solar panels. It's it's wow. uh, 
got a bathroom, shower, kitchen area, awesome. uh, front porch that's covered. And we also work with local landscape architects to kind of create a beautiful space in the backyard, which is a win-win for the host family mm-hmm. and the residents. So you're living in a beautiful space uh, where it's yours. And, it, and, and you can residents can be there as long as they need to be. Our first resident moved into block home number one four years ago, mm-hmm. still living there. Oh, wow. Okay, and, so they don't get kicked out. Okay. No, no, they can be there as long as they want. They, we don't charge rent. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we, you know, it's a do, do, do people who move into them have to be able to live independently. So we actually work with other agencies in the Seattle area, particularly agencies that are BIPOC led to uh, mm-hmm. identify clients who, um, who would thrive in that kind of situation and try to do a pairing with the resident and the host. And it's been a learning. We so we the first block home was built in 2017, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and we have since then. You know, it was a process where it would take four months to put the house in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've now we have a shop in uh, in the Soto area of Seattle uh, where we can we build it like panels. Think of it like IKEA. It 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 can all oh, be wow. flat onto a truck, and all the groundwork has to happen, the plumbing and the wiring and all that. But we can get onto the property once the foundation is ready and put the house up in four days. Wow. That's and incredible. It is. Incredible. <laughs> and, and, and then with this new model too, we can take the house down. It's, it, it's, it's a kit and, and the homes get oh. tied together. And um, I don't understand it. I was a liberal arts major, but um, so if, you know, we sign a five-year land lease with the, a ground lease with the homeowner mm-hmm. and if they are selling the home or moving or some other, you know, for whatever reason, they're not able to do it, we would be able to move the home. Okay. And okay. so it's a slow moving process, uh, you know, but it, it, it's moving at the speed of community. And um, yeah, it's just really exciting. Great. And then also just to follow up, do the homeowner, does the, does the homeowner who allows the, the house kit to be built in their backyard, do they incur additional costs for this or is there? No, uh, mm-hmm. they don't. So, well, they could. So we tie our utilities, uh, the utilities of the block home into their home. Uh, we actually put 10 solar panels on each home so that most of the homes are a net gain on electricity mm-hmm. that goes back into the system. Water and sewage can cost some. And if the host is able to absorb that cost, they do. And if they're not able to, uh, we're, we, uh, we cover that for cover that. the cost. Wow, yeah. beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then another question was, where does the funding come from for just building these homes in the first place? How much money do you have? I can hit you up right now. So, um, no. <laughs> so as an organization, we've res- um, up, again. I came in August. It's mostly been individual donations. Mm. Uh, we haven't, and some foundation money. We're actually beginning now to start to do some outreach to the state to get some funding. But it's for the most part, it's it's two of the three legs of the nonprofit stool. It's individuals and it's foundations. And I'm trying to mm. add that third leg of getting. Uh, either state or uh, or city or county dollars to help us expand the program. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I was going to say the other thing, though, is we, you know, the block project is starting to get some traction. Like you're in Arizona and you're asking mm-hmm. us about it. We talked with the mayor of Guelph, Ontario. Um, there's a group called the NDN Collective, which is mm. out of Rapid City, South Dakota, uh, mm-hmm. working uh, with the, with the Sioux and other nations. And they're working with us now. On, and so we're exploring that we would build the kits, sell them the kits. They would transport them back to South Dakota and set them yes. up in a community that they're trying to develop. And then down the road, they would like to set up their own shop and be able to do it. Very cool. 
Yeah, because I mean, you know, it's on the ground, plumbed and wired Mm -hmm. and tied into everything else. It's $75,000, which is a lot of money. But when you're looking at the general, the average cost of doing a low-income housing unit in Seattle is three hundred thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Um, so it takes that's year, it takes years, and then you're you know you're having to find space and do all that work. So this is one one block, one person at a time. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this seems like such an innovative idea. Is this the first time an initiative like this has happened in this country, or is I, or, I think yeah. in terms of just kind of doing it in the backyard, there's certainly mm. uh, approaches where people set up whether it's a tiny home or you know a home that's that's more of a permanent f- fixture uh, that's happening in different places mm-hmm. but the idea of going block by block uh throughout Seattle and, and and we're going slow we're 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 finishing just finished our 12th home and our 13th home we're starting groundbreaking pretty soon nice uh, you know we had our momentum got slowed down there was this little pandemic thing that happened in 2020 <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you heard yeah. about that, but absolutely. Uh, so we're hoping to gear <laughs> back sure. up and, and to do five new homes this year, plus the project with the NDN Collective. Beautiful. Um, yeah. So, and I would say the other thing too, and we've been learning over time. I think the initial thought was that this would be a way of creating a tight community between the resident and the host, and and we certainly want a close relationship, and and we also help them work with their neighbors so they can, you know, neighbors aren't like, what the hell are you putting in your backyard? Why is this happening? But mm-hmm. what we found is that the relationship has to be driven at the speed of the person exiting homelessness. Cause yeah, whether it was trauma that led them to the street or that, and the trauma of having lived on the street, folks mm-hmm. need, need their space to do healing. And so uh, we had one resident who said like for the first seven months, I basically never left my home. Oh, wow. I had a space and it was quiet and I could start working on my own stuff. So yeah. some of the residents are really close with their host and, and have a lot of interaction and others it's we're just neighbors. And so mm. that's, uh, that's a learning for us. I think we were kind of hoping I, I, the we, I think the organization was thinking there might be more of a, of a kind of big community setting and, and, and that happens, but it happens slowly and, uh, mm-hmm. and driven by the, the person uh, who had been experiencing homelessness. So then when these homeless people, they're able to participate in the project by living in these houses, is the intent for them to make this a permanent resident or is it to kind of get them up off their feet so they can go and live and just uh, I think the intent is for them to figure out what, what, yeah, sorry. I think the intent is for them to figure out what the need is. Mm. So again, at our first home, the resident has been there four years. He's a, I think he's in his 70s, so I don't know that he'll move anywhere unless there's a need for some, you know, some physical supports at some point. Uh, yeah. And other folks have been there, you know, for a year, and then you know, I found a setting that'll work better for me, and I moved that. Mm. And then actually, this past year, and, and it, it was interesting that this became such a positive. And positive is a hard word to use with it. We had a resident who passed away, mm. uh, and and so and and I was there when his two sisters came from the Midwest. Uh, to um, I, I, my initial thought when I heard he died is he didn't die on the street, and I just took some comfort from that. Yeah. But the other thing is that these homes are really beautiful. They're small and they're mm-hmm. well, you know, they're well landscaped. They they look lovely. And so when his two sisters came out to Seattle, one from Tulsa and one from uh, somewhere else in the Midwest, uh, mm-hmm. I was with them as we walked into the backyard where the house was, mm-hmm. and I could I was in front of them, but I could both feel and hear their relief when they saw the space their brother had lived in. Oh, wow. Um, oh, that's good. And, and then their, his stuff was there so they could collect some, fan, you know, some of the things they had that they wanted to remember their brother by. So it, it is, you can live there 
as long or as short as you need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, the, the folks who are, uh, who are residents, um, they get referred to us again, as I said, by another agency. So they still have a case manager with that agency. We have two social workers on staff. Mm. And, and provide support for them uh, and uh, a companionship program where mostly you know, whether it's neighbors or just somebody who wants to be able to come and walk alongside someone to, you know, just to provide different levels of support for people. And again, it's driven by how much support the person wants or needs. Mm-hmm. And what would you say are the biggest challenges uh, to date with the, the block project? I'd say the biggest challenge is uh, it's always funding to get enough money to do it. Okay. Uh, and um, and over the last two years, it was the pandemic was the yeah. challenge of trying to find a way to, you know, it's, it's really hard to create and work on community when you can't be in the same space as another person. So yeah, uh, uh, th- I would say that's it. Uh, and then just kind of sometimes it's and that where it comes back to, we, you know, we started just with this storytelling uh, on Facebook, the mm-hmm. architect after he was meeting with people and it's it's breaking down people's under barriers breaking down people's misconceptions about who's experiencing homelessness yes i really think nobody wants anyone they love to be living on a street corner mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah definitely uh, but it's easy to other the person yep. you know whether by gender or by race or mm-hmm. by blaming them for their problems you know homelessness didn't happen just because some people had some struggles. I mean, homelessness happens because of systemic racism yep. and, and economic disparities and yep. the way the system is designed and the education. So we're recognizing it's a big elephant. We're taking one little piece of it and mm-hmm. you know, the long-term work is going to be kind of dismantling that whole system, yes, absolutely. which I thought we'd be, I'm 62. I, I thought we'd be done with that by now. Mm. Um, and I've apologized mm. to my children for leaving it to them to keep working on. Um, yeah. Because it hasn't, in some ways it's gotten worse, some ways there are some more hopeful things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. As a follow-up to that question, what's your biggest success for the block project to date? I think the the biggest success is that nobody has re-entered, exited to homelessness. If Good. they've left a home, they've left a home to go, well, one person passed away, but otherwise yeah. they left a home to move to another stable housing situation. Fantastic. So again, it's a really small, it's a really small thing. I um, uh, I, I think sometimes uh, you know, Mother Teresa talked about, you know, what you do may be a drop in the ocean, but without it, the ocean will never be full. Mm. So it's like, it's just a little thing. And then I, I would say the next exciting moment is, this collaboration we're looking at with the NDN collective because our, our values align so much. It's they um, they're again, I said they're outside rapid city, South Dakota, and they uh, started a, a, a housing thing, usually mostly tents and things just outside town on some sovereign land mm-hmm. winter ago. And that was the first year no, no members died of exposure mm. on the street. And so now they're looking to kind of develop some more permanent uh, aspects to that. And so that's where we're partnering with them on, so it's just exciting that the, they might get replicated in other places. We, we, um, yeah, it's a solution I think that works. It works at the sc- at the scale of community and mm-hmm. um, and just the fact that you know you're in Arizona asking about it and 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 and, and folks around the country and around you know as I said Canada. Mm-hmm. All right. So I know you mentioned that you guys are looking for people to su- give like funding and support. So how can listeners help support the block project? What else can they do besides just give like a monetary donation? Well, I, I think uh, 
if they're in the Seattle area, we'd love to have them come and volunteer and meet with us and talk. It's really around those personal relationships. And if they're in other places, seek out the people in your community. Because every, I think every community that has a homelessness issue has, you know, there's two, there's two camps. There's the camps who just want to push the problem away and move it to the next uh-huh. town or the next county. And then there are folks who are trying to be creative about the answer. Uh-huh. I think seek out other creative people and figure out what works in your community. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, I, years ago, my sister, I was working, I was working at a drop-in center for folks on the streets. And one of my sisters was like, I could never do that. I'm like, well, great. Don't go do something else. You know, mm. <laughs> my, wife is, my, wife is, my wife for 32 years has been a special ed teacher working with children diagnosed with autism. I'm like, I could not do that job. I'm really, she's good at it. And I'm glad she does it, but that's yeah. the find the thing that works for you. And then, yeah. And then build on that. Absolutely. And what would you say is the future for the block project? I think the future is is slow growth. One of the things we've recognized is, you know, uh, we can only build at the scale of community support. Um, with our existing staffing, if we got up to 25 homes, that's about what our care team, the two social workers, could mm-hmm. manage. So mm-hmm. do we want to become a big house? I don't know that we want to become a big housing agency, or do we find ways to come alongside? There may be organizations. You know, we're talking to different groups in the Seattle area now, some of them mm-hmm. may have some land some of whom have some case management things, and maybe we find ways to partner together. And what we can bring for the block project yeah. is we can bring that that technology, as it were. Uh, and then we have, you know, on the organization also has, we we do direct services to folks experiencing homelessness. We have a, at our office four days a week, people can come and get basic supplies, but more importantly, conversation and something to eat and, a, you know, a friendly face. Uh, and then we're also uh, continuing to try to tell the story online and in Instagram just to kind of break down those stereotypes. So people, you know, and if people want to become supporters of ours, great. If they want to start supporting some other entity that's doing something else creative, that's great. We're, we're not mm-hmm. very obsessive of the, of the idea or, or think that we have all the answers. Absolutely. And and also just follow up. Have you guys ever considered working with companies to see if they want to like do advertising and that way that's how they could, if they put, you know, things on outside the house, inside the house and advertise and give yeah, uh, so funding I, dollars? I don't know about on, I don't know about on house because you know, they're in the mm-hmm. backyard, so it's kind of hard to do, but I, I should have said uh, the uh, AEC community, so that's architect, engineering and construction community in Seattle mm-hmm. has been great. They've, they've helped with the design of the plan and, and as we've adapted it from a model that you know you really couldn't take apart to now the model that can go in quickly and it can be taken apart. Mm-hmm. So it, it and we've had countless thousands of dollars of in-kind labor from from folks in those professions awesome. to help us both with the installation of power and water and all those things. I yep. like coming up with creative plans on how to do it. Uh, yeah, so I. I, I yeah, it's like, it's like I don't know that it would work like a soccer jersey where we could have the logo. <laughs> no yeah. But uh, maybe I'd have to think about that now a little bit. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it. We're trying to find ways for people to use what their what their talents are to help yeah. make it work. I love it. All right, Kevin. Is there anything else you would like to share with the Woken Free Nation? I would just like to say uh, to anyone out there across oh. the country or wherever when you're listening to this. Um, don't be daunted by the size of the problem. Start one relationship at a time. You know, our, our model, our motto, as I said, was just say hello. Mm. Say hello to one person, say hello to one community, say hello to one of your own fears and, and try to work through it and find other like-minded people or maybe unlike-minded people who can challenge you and, and, and make you, you know, kind of take apart some of your own misconceptions. 
and 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 don't be paralyzed by fear by the size of the program just of size of the problem absolutely Figure out what you can do and do it love okay. it thank you kevin for joining we're so honored to have you here and uh we appreciate you taking the time to share your story and being so accommodating and uh we hope uh welcome free nation you, you guys check check out the blog project if you're in seattle help them <laughs> monetarily volunteer donate your time but spread the word everyone right because uh the more media and attention that organizations like yours get the the more funding and support you can get so we're we're happy to do our part to be able to uh deliver such wonderful uh news and uh and share the message of what you guys are doing reduce homelessness and you know like i said one one relationship at a time relationship. thanks so much natasha cleo and kj yes thank you <laughs> yes. thanks so much and again it's facinghomelessness.org uh, yes. you get our website find out all about us and then it'll take you to the block project site as well perfect awesome all right thanks so much for giving us giving me a chance to share our story thank you, thank you. all right bye bye take bye. good care bye-bye now it looks like we are at that time again the coming to the end of our 231st episode of Woke and free. Quite the episode discussing how we how reducing homelessness is happening with the Block Project in Seattle. Yes, KJ, we understand you're really excited about it. Hopefully, our listeners are as well. So, Khalil, what do folks need to do? What they need to do is come back next week for the new Woke and Free Wednesday episode. Make sure you follow us on social media to follow along the conversation, and make sure you tune in next week for Woke and Free Wednesday to join the conversation at WokenFree.com. If you are like Kevin and you have a wonderful story with an organization you're working uh, with or you ha- want to share your story and you know Woken Free Nation needs to hear your story, then definitely come on by to our Contact Us page at WokenFree.com to share your story. That's W-O-K-E-N-F-R-E-E.com. I said it earlier, but you can always hit us up on social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Pinterest, LinkedIn at Woken Free. And then for sponsorships and collaborations, again, hit us on our Contact Us page. Exactly, KJ at WokenFree.com. If you didn't already subscribe, please do share the episode and make sure you come back to join the conversation every Wednesday for Woken Free Wednesdays. Remember, Woken Free is more than a podcast. It is a way of life. Until next time.